Hey, listener, Zach Harper here. Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. Also, fastest growing fantasy app in the industry. Here's how it works. The Pick'em Game. Pick whether your favorite players will have a higher or lower stat total in this week's game for a chance to win big. How big, you ask? I'm so glad you asked that question, listener. You can win up to 100 times your money in a single night. Pick between two and five players. Build a pick'em entry. You can also do rivals picks. You can put like Tyrese Halliburton and Jalen Brunson against each other. And whoever has more points, more assists, more rebounds, whatever you want to do, that is your rivals pick. I would maybe go with Jalen Brunson in these playoffs. By the way, in the regular season, Jalen Brunson, scoring tear, going higher on his point totals all the time. Joel Embiid, whenever he did actually play, higher on his scoring totals all the time. Victor Wembanyama for the next 15, 20 years, here's a pro tip for you. Take higher on the blocks. That's right. So you're probably wondering, how do you sign up? Oh my God, listener, you are full of good questions today. Sign up with the promo code DING, that's D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick First time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. $250, man, that's a lot. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the app store. And don't forget to register with our code DING, D-I-N-G, to claim your special pick and first time deposit offer up to $250 in bonus cash. Must be 18 or older, 21 or older in Massachusetts, Arizona, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org. Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP. That's 1-800-639-8783. Or text next step. To 53342. New York, call the 24 7 Hope Line at 1 877 8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y four six seven three six nine. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Midway through watching this, I thought to myself, holy shit. Uh, what if this is like Chernobyl? Like, I'm exposing myself to all of this bad stuff. And then, like, it's going to ultimately just destroy me, eat me away from the inside, right? Wow. You thought this was radiation poisoning. This is what it feels like. Not this movie. I'm just saying, like, this podcast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Like, this is Chernobyl. Like, like you can't be around this stuff every week and, like, walk away like, oh, yeah, and just have a regular life, man. It's This is the, you know what the problem is? This is the problem when we've gone a couple of weeks without Amin picking a movie. That's I mean. The, no, no, no. And I don't mean that in, like, a, a, a bash. But, like, you need to be emotionally invested in it in some way, right? So, like, if we do the movie Envy next, like, you are invested in it. You're like, all right, now I'm but back, that's different right? because That's different because I like Envy, right? Right, but exactly. Like, right. like, I picked Kangaroo Jack, too. I didn't feel, I was like, <laughs> it's, a, it's not like I felt great after that one. I've felt great about all of my selections so far. 
Jordan, we've done Kangaroo Jack 2. We've done Next, uh, Next which it, this is how bad it's been. I look fondly back at Next now. <laughs> <laughs> like, since Next, it's really taken a, a, a dive, man. Like, right. n- knowing... Um, Land of the Lost was Jupiter- all right. Oh, Land of the Lost is all right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because I like that movie. You're right. Exactly. <laughs> that's the thing. I, I wanted to to reinvestigate because I I feel like I can't tell if I've done my job by making both of you very angry with Jupiter Ascending or if I've missed the concept of cinephobe. <laughs> no, here, here's 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 what my, my Jupiter Ascending thoughts were. One, for some reason, I thought Amin had picked it. And so I was mad at Amin. Then when I found out it was you, I was mad at you. And then I was mad at you again for making me blame Amin mm-hmm. in my head. Yes. So then I, yeah. So then I would like, I, I felt bad for, for the thoughts I was having about Amin from this movie. And then, and then it just made me angrier at you. I was mad at, at Maze for not only for picking it, but for then after we get done, like just destroying it. And I, I kind of feel like that was, was that the worst movie we've done so far? Yeah, it had to have been, right? He's That's picked, worse than he, knowing. He still picked file for it. That that made me mad. Oh my god, yeah. That made me angry, especially because it's so long. Oh my god, like it's almost like even if it was good, it couldn't be good, given how long it was. Right. But I love to hate it. No, I don't even think it's one of those movies possibly for me because no. that's the second time I've watched it. I'd only seen it once before, and I and I it felt like I was. Like I was hating it for the first time. So, so by the way, a couple of things about this movie: never back down, right? One, I'm looking at because I just watched it on Amazon Prime, which I had to pay for, which really that that, that confused me because it was in my queue as like movies I can watch, and then I went to it's like you got to buy it or you got to rent this. I was like, what the hell? Yeah, that, and then that, I did it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that upset me, right? But but the other thing is, I'm looking at the rating on Amazon Prime. And out of five stars, it has like a four point nine out of five hundred. Where do you where do you think that comes from? Because it can't like is it is it the MMA crowd going? Finally, we have a movie. Yes, it has. Is to be. that? But is it like? Is it so good that the MMA people are like? I mean, I'm just talking with the fighting and training and everything. The MMA people are like, yeah, yeah, I'm in. I mean, uh, who else is loving this movie, man? Because like if. If Sixth Man was like one of the only basketball movies, would we love it? I don't. Think I, so. I would hate it just as much, maybe even more that that was what was representative. Man, but by the way, Never Back Down apparently had two sequels because when I was searching for it, they both <laughs> came up. Never Back Down Two, and then there was Never Back Down. What was the third one called? It has like you know how like when they just give up on on the number in the title and just yeah. have like like. A, Never. No back. surrender. Yeah, there you go. Never. <laughs> hey, he went with a synonym for the, <laughs> for the subtitle. <laughs> oh, Michael Jai White's in the other two. They, they couldn't get uh, Amistad, huh? <laughs> well, they stopped pretending everybody was in high school, it looks like. How, how do I say his name before? I mean, you're going to throw this into the podcast anyway, but how do I say his name? Call him hot. Amistad, man. Can I call him Amistad? Is that that uh, sounds that's, racist? That's, that is racist. Yeah, all right. His name is is Jean Ro- Jean Rock. What's his name? Jean Roca. Jean Roca. Roca. Yeah. Which is I don't think is a Senegalese name, Roca, but 
One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I'm there holding a mic in my hands and now I'm talking all over. <laughs> the podcast where we break down the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper, joined by Amin Al-Hassan, Anthony Mays, producing the show. Uh, it's the podcast we like to do about bad movies that we think don't get enough respect. In today's episode, this week's episode, the 2008 Sean Ferris MMA smash hit, Never Back Down, stars, as I said, Sean Ferris, Amber Heard, uh, someone named Cam Gigandet, 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 I don't know how to say his name. And then uh, the guy from Amistad. There you go. See, saying it like that is not as harsh as what I'm about to call him, <laughs> which is just Amistad, the whole movie. Or you could also call him Give Us Free. That's, that's, what, we call <laughs> that's what we called him back in the day. Give Us Free. <laughs> it's uh, directed by Jeff Wadlow, who also directed Kick-Ass 2. Yeah, of course. The IMDb synopsis is... A frustrated and conflicted teenager arrives at a new high school to discover an underground fight club and meet a classmate who begins to coerce him into fighting. Uh, the tagline, win or lose, everyone has their fight. This uh, is this is basically just MMA Karate Kid, right? This is MMA Karate Kid, and I called it Karate Mid, basically. <laughs> that's what I... That's, you know, and, and and it's very clear from like everything about it, moving to it, like everything about it, moving to a new town, uh, single mom. Yeah. Uh, a guy has a history of getting into fights with people because he just doesn't get along. Foreigner uh, mentor, right? Yeah. Yes. Every like it is Karate Kid. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It follows. It follows the formula. You know uh, it, what formula didn't follow? I'm glad that Mays gave us a heads up for this one. He watched it yesterday. The soundtrack. Karate Kid had fire soundtracks. This movie did not. Here's what I would say. For the aughts, this is a pretty good soundtrack. Don't you dare, Zach. (laughs) Don't you fucking dare. What's wrong with the soundtrack? Hold on. All right. First, $20 million budget grossed $24 million in the U.S. It didn't have worldwide numbers, so I'm I'm assuming that means it's a hit. It made money. Paid for it's itself. Got to be. Gotta be uh, uh, before listening to the rest of this podcast, you can rent Never Back Down on iTunes or Amazon. Uh, Never Back Down receives a 23% from the critics on Rotten Tomatoes on 84 reviews. This movie's 11 years old, only 84 reviews. That doesn't seem like a lot. Like everything else is in like the 180s, 200s that we've done so far. 80, only 84 reviews for Never Back Down, 34% from the audience. Uh, on over 609,000 reviews wow. or ratings. Yeah. 609,000? Yeah, 609,000. Over 609,000 ratings on uh, on Rotten Tomatoes for this movie. <laughs> Gregory Kirschling from Entertainment Weekly uh, reviewed it. The movie is dopey, and with its emphasis on stupid violence, xylophone abs, and getting yourself on YouTube, it's yet another product that makes you feel bad about today's youth culture. I'd love to know what Greg thinks 11 years later of where oh, we are as a culture. It's again, like it's one of those weird movies where like it told the future pretty well, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, pretty that kick, 
that kid was like the the sidekick. He's up on clickbait way before I think anybody really was up on it like that. Not from an individual standpoint, right? Like companies right. were up on clickbait in 2008. I don't think people, individuals, were like, "Yo, oh, everything for the clicks." Back then, no, this before kid, this kid, this kid knew what he was doing. Like this kid may have invented Instagram in real life. I think I think he's right there. Uh, I picked this movie because. I had seen it a lot. It used to be on movie channels and it was just on a lot. And I like, I, this is probably, this is probably like the fourth or fifth time I've watched it in its entirety, but I've probably seen a good, you know, 10 minutes here, 30 minutes there, 10, 15 times. Like, I've seen this movie a lot. I hadn't seen it in, in, in years though. 10, 15 um, times. I've seen it on the guide and I've never, ever, ever, not even a little bit curious. I wonder what this is about. What Ever. were what, what were your initial thoughts going into it? Like before you even get into the movie, like did you have any any thoughts about it? Did you recognize it at all? No, I knew. I remember the movie coming out. Like like May said in the chat, I remember the movie coming out for the simple fact that I remember the trailer had at the end of the trailer, Amistad would yell, "Never back down!" <laughs> and, and I remember. It, also doing that, like yelling that never back down with my friends just to be a dick. <laughs> like, like, come on, man, let's go. Oh, I can't, man. I got to get up early. Bro. Come on, man, never back down. Like, we just yell it. But I didn't know what it was about. I, I vaguely knew it was about MMA fighting. Okay. But again, and then even when, like, I started, wa like, literally right when I started watching, when it's like the, the opening scene is him playing football. Like, I remember thinking to myself, wait, how bad was this movie? Because I, I really don't know. So I looked up the Rotten Tomatoes, like, oh, 23%. And the audience score didn't score high. I was like, oh, this is going to be a bad one. Um, but I think I think the fact that it wasn't an original story, like it was Karate Kid, yeah, that, that, that made it more infuriating than I think if it had been an original just horrible movie. Maze, what, what were your thoughts going on? Had you seen it before? I had not seen it. I do distinctly remember the, the preview or the trailer that would run as an advertisement. I don't remember when what channel it was on or anything like that, but I do remember the advertisement. I remember Houndsu barking, never back down, and I think I probably figured out that it was MMA Karate Kid just from the trailer. It feels a little bit like the torque to, uh, to Karate Kid, Fast and Furious, yeah. It does feel a little bit like that. So if you, I think if you're into the movie Torque, you'll like this movie. I don't remember Torque. Torque was just Fast and Furious, but motorcycles. Oh, okay. Oh, was that the one with the? No, no, it wasn't. That was no, that was, that was like Rough Riders or something like that, biker or Biker Boys. Boys. Biker Boys. Boys. Yeah. Um, another familiar face in this one, Evan Peters. He plays Max, the the sidekick. Uh, he's Quicksilver from the X Men. Oh, he lost a lot of weight. He yeah. lost a lot of weight. Well, he's yeah. super young oh. in this movie because he started acting. I think he's probably high school age when he he's running. Yeah, he's eighty seven. So this movie's oh okay. eight. He's twenty one in this movie, and he did like wow. American Chunky. Horror Story and he's stuff. the only he's the only person in this movie that looks like they could still be in high school. Oh yeah, I I remember like thinking I didn't write it in my notes, but thinking like, yo, these yo, all these people look very old. Like, all these motherfuckers look like they're in their thirties. Yeah, like they look old. All right, let's jump into it. As you mentioned, we start off with a high school football game, pouring rain, and our protagonist Jake Taylor or Jake Tyler and, and pitch, pitch black by the way. The, oh, pitch black. <laughs> 
just not great lighting on the field. Pouring rain. Jake Tyler uh, is playing linebacker. He's making plays. He's talking shit. Guys are getting mad that he's tackling them, even though that seems to be the whole point of the whole football game, right? Um, and as he's dominating this game, the opposing coach sends somebody in to get him out of the game. And he gets tackled. And he says something like, too bad your dad couldn't escape the sauce. Paul, the sauce will kill you. That's what, he, that's what the guy says. And, his, it, and it, it will. It uh, killed his dad. So his dad, uh, we find out his dad was a drunk who died right off the bat. And you know what that leads to? A huge brawl. Yeah. A huge brawl. Last game of the season. After the game, we find out that Jake is moving to Orlando okay. immediately. So, so before before that, so they're in the locker room. And, like, everyone's kind of cleaning up and stuff. And uh, the guy, one of his teammates, hey, we're going to go to Harlan's, whatever. You're going to come with us? And I put in my notes, did y'all do this in high school? Did y'all all go out to the same spot, like the Max in Saved by the Bell? Did right. y'all go to the same spot as a group that everybody from school went to? Did y'all do this in high school? Because I certainly didn't. But then again, I, I grew up in New York. So there were, like, 8 billion different options right. for us to eat and drink at. Uh, that we didn't have to go to the same one little diner or whatever. Yeah, I would say there were probably like there was like a rotation of like five or six places that groups would go to, but not like so, everyone's going to this. But after the game, you're like we're going to the max, and then like twelve of y'all would show up or whatever. Oh hell no, nothing like that. What about you, Maze? My school was right next to Hate Street, so if that did happen, it would just be on Hate. But there wasn't a specific nine hundred two one zero place. Okay, so if you're listening to this, let me know. Because sometimes, here's the thing what I've discovered. I used to watch movies and think, yo, like, where does this ever happen? Then as I grew older and traveled more, I would go to places and realize, oh, it's just like in the movies. Like, for instance, and this is going to sound silly, but, like, the concept of houses with front lawns and picket fences and paper boys. Like, I thought that was just a fabrication. I did not realize that there were vast swaths of this country well, that's how people was living. Well, they are in Iowa. Yes, which which I later on noticed. As I said, imagine living in uh, because he's upset about having to move to Orlando. He comes home, and uh, you know his mom and him get into an argument. He's like, "I don't. Why are we moving?" Blah blah blah. And then I realized it. I didn't know where they lived until after he moves to Orlando, which is where they're moving because his little brother is a tennis prodigy apparently and is going right. to. Uh, like a tennis academy on scholarship. And so when they get there, he like opens the U-Haul and he looks at his brother and says, you know, I could close this up right now. We go we're back in Iowa in like whatever hours. And I said, imagine living in Iowa and thinking Orlando was whack. How right. fucking dare you? Right. I think Orlando's a swamp, but come on, it's not Iowa. Look, it's not my number one overall pick, but beggars can't be choosers. You're from Iowa, right? Like the, the moment he goes into school and he sees all of these young you know what's just like you know what right like i, I imagine iowa was the farthest thing from his mind because i've been to iowa <laughs> by the way trust me yeah you, you ain't missing much <laughs> um I, I i noted a little exchange in the locker room after the whole like hey we're going to this place uh or he mentions he's moving he's got to pack up and they're moving and all that stuff and his friend says who's going to keep you out of trouble and he and jake playfully responds with who's going to get you into it oh yeah and i wrote ha ha Playful banter. Oh, I put sexual innuendo on that. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we fast forward through the trip and everything, and now we're at an Orlando high school. We've got Jake getting acclimated to school. He 
eats lunch in the football stands. And after lunch, he starts walking back and he happens upon some fighting under the stands where we meet Max and Ryan McCarthy, uh, who are uh, Max is the sidekick. Ryan McCarthy is going to be the uh, the villain of this movie. And uh, and Max is getting his ass kicked. But as Jake by breaks who? it up by, by, who, by, by I. Oh, God, who is that guy? Dude from Insecure. Right, that's what it is. Dude from the Insecure. Fa- the fast talking friend of uh Chad. Oh, Chad. Yeah, Chad, yeah. there you go. Chad, yeah, Chad. Yeah. Chad uh, is in this movie with, yeah. with cornrows. Cornrows, right. Yeah. He, uh and ripped, it looks, dude. <laughs> yeah, but like tiny. Yes. But he's he like looks, tiny ripped, right? He's t- he's tiny in in, in insecure yeah, I too, guess, but he's I guess just so, not yeah. in shape like that. Like Right. Um so yeah, he's beating the shit out of uh Chad is beating the shit out of Max. Uh Jake comes in, punches him. Then Max punches Jake, like, "Hey, I got this!" And everyone's like, "He's got this." Get gets to stepping, and so now we know that these guys like to fight. This isn't a, a bully picking on someone. This is just like, oh, by the way, Ryan McCarthy, the the villain, is overwatching all of this with a, with a very kind of like satisfied look on his face, his arms crossed, and what we will learn later in the movie is a permanent squint. He never, <laughs> he's squinting the entire two hour and eleven minutes of this movie. So our main characters are our hero, Jake Tyler, played by Sean Ferris, a.k.a. Tom Cruise's illegitimate son. There you go. That's what I kept thinking. Like, Yo, this dude looks like Tom Cruise. And then we've got Cam Gigandet, who I call not Paul Walker. Yeah, that's oh, fair. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. That's fair. As Paul yeah. Walker, if he couldn't open his eyes, if he just was <laughs> the whole time. That's what's holding this guy back. Like, Paul Walker has a whole career of having his eyes wide open. Wide open eyes, though, baby. Yeah. Wide open eyes. That open eyes, open wh- open bank account. There you go. That that lane would that lane is open for dude now. I mean, or it was. I don't know <laughs> for Cam Giggin get or <laughs> oh, whatever the hell's name is. Slid right into that Fast and Furious. That's Just open true. your eyes, bro. Just open your eyes. I can't. At, at worst, you're a stunt double. Like <laughs> it could have could have been there. So now we go into class and we are introduced to Amber Heard and her character's name, Baja Miller. Okay. So first of all, I wrote they cast this dude to be a teacher. The teacher, it's an English class or history. I don't know. They're doing the Iliad. Maybe it's English, but they're doing the Iliad, right? Homer's the Iliad. And the teacher, like, no. If this dude was your teacher in high school, you would absolutely, like, tell your mom and dad. And then they do a background check to see how many children this kid has molested in his life. Because it's just no one looks like that. So then I was thinking to myself, was that the dude who won the part? Like, they had a bunch of people audition, and like, you know what? I like this dude. This is the dude. Or did they say, I'm looking for a pedophile look in my teacher? <laughs> I mean, it is Florida. True. Right? So, it's central so, Florida at that. So um, he's, you know, because, of course, Jake Tyler is, is a troubled youth. He's daydreaming or whatever. Teacher says, Mr. Tyler. And I said, no teacher knows a student's name in day one. No, of course not. And then later on, when the when you know the girl Amber Heard hollers at him outside, I say, "No hoes holla on day one either." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, essentially, he answers some question about whatever the hell they're reading, uh, Achilles Shield or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. And uh, oh yeah, the Iliad. Um, and he answers some question about Achilles, and so now she notices him, and then she tracks him down, as you mentioned. Never and, and then her friends come up and. Uh, and ruin it and usher her away, and they make fun of him for wearing a flannel in Orlando, which including, I, I yeah good, uh, which I wrote, excellent observation. 
including the one friend who I think was cast to be the gay friend, but then yes. they like got cold feet about pointing it out, and so they just made him kind of slightly effeminate and never like really addressing the the, the case. Right. Yeah. It kind of looks like he hits on him the first interaction, and then from there on, there it's nothing. Yeah, it's just he's just a dude that just happens to hang out with girls, but none of the girls seem to be romantically involved with him. And he's shorter than all of them. Like, these are all the telltale signs of the gay friend in teen movies. But, again, for some reason, they got cold feet. I said, you know what, guys, this is this is unacceptable, you know, to stereotype people like this. Why can't he just be a friend? And, and so that's how they took it from there. Uh, we get to we go back to the apartment of of Jake, his his mom and his brother Charlie, and uh, they're starting to have some disagreements about living out of boxes and eating out of boxes, and uh, and oh. and this is where his mom like really goes after him. In that I wrote, I wrote, mom unloads Jake's troublemaker analytics because she starts talking about how many times he's been detained by oh. the police, how many so, times he's been way- kicked out of school. Another another feature of this movie that they don't fully describe, but kind of just like drop in from time to time. Beyond being a tennis prodigy, Charlie apparently is Rain Man with numbers, right? So he just knows mad numbers, like uh, the speed of which ketchup comes out of a squeeze bottle, uh, how many miles from Iowa to Orlando, uh, the number the the, the uh, birds that are flying in a V formation can go seventy two percent longer. Uh, than if they were just flying on their own. Like, he knows all these, like, fun facts based on numbers, so they start playing this. He says, I get, I, we take it, again, early in the movie. like, oh, he's just a numbers guy, and then it never shows up again later. But anyways, <laughs> at, at dinner, he's like, oh, you know, he's kind of, like, doing the trivia thing, and Jake is kind of, like, being a bitch, like, oh, everything is fine, everything's fine. We're, we're living out of boxes, we're eating out of boxes, everything's fine. And then the mom drops the analytics, and then she punctuates it with this line which I wrote verbatim. Tired of living out of boxes, Jake? Why don't you try unpacking? And then I added your repressed emotion in parentheses after that because she's doing a metaphor there. You're, living, you're tired of boxes, but you haven't unpacked the box that is your soul. It's deep. I know. Shout out to that's, mom. It's real deep. Yeah, mom, mom a bit of a villain in this one until the end for no reason. Oh, like wait, like, wait till, whoa, wait till the end. Oh, boy. There's a twist. I don't think anyone else saw it. I saw it, definitely. All right. Um, okay, now we're back to the next day of school. Max, the kid who was getting his ass beat by uh, by Chad from Insecure, um, meets up with, with Jake and has researched Jake on YouTube. Again, clickbait. This kid is all about the internet, all about YouTube. He's seen the football fight that happened in Iowa. Um Max wants to be a fighter. Uh, he wants him, he wants Jake to meet uh, Jean Roca. Yes, the uh, the the man from Amistad. Yeah, <laughs> the gentle, you gotta see the, gentleman. <laughs> the gentleman from Amistad. Uh, uh, so he wants he wants him to to go there and says, based on the the fight he saw from the YouTube video of the pouring rain game that had no light at all. Uh, he said, "You could enter the pantheon of brawlers." Nice. Whatever that what does that mean? Yeah, I have a lot of whatever that means in my notes for this movie. By the way, I pointed out no one in high school introduces themselves by their full name. Max so-and-so, Jake Tyler. Like, no one does that. No, no and, one and then I put, hell, I don't even do that right now. I'm a grown man. I just say, hey, my name's Amin. I never, hi, Amin Al-Hassan. 
Like, what's the point of your last name? Like, what are they going to do? Right. Like a, a credit check or something? I, like, I don't know. Then I also pointed out that Jake is wearing a T-shirt that says, football is everything, which I said is really a bootleg ball is life, right? It is. That is Very, a bootleg ball is life. Jesus. So, so, so then um, the girl from his class, Baja, Baja. Well, well, the fight is now not only caught Max's eye; it's made its way around the school. Yes, everyone is talking about it. Everyone's watching it on their Nokia phones. That's <laughs> all, so, but but like I always want to shit on that. I remember, no, I didn't have an iPhone in two thousand eight. Like, yo, whenever relaxing. the first one, whenever the first one came out, I got it. You got so the I've first had, iPhone? Yeah, I got the first oh, iPhone. I was Mister like this toy. I got a BlackBerry. I'm a grown ass oh, man. Oh, see, I like, never, I never did the BlackBerry oh, one. The BlackBerry was a wonderful thought. You could text without even looking at it because you knew where the keys were, man. It, mm. it was, it was like BlackBerry. Yo, man, like they dropped the ball in ways that they should have never, ever, ever lost it. Anyways, 2008 <laughs> was this weird year for cell phones and the internet, though, because I think we talked about earlier when YouTube was invented on this pod, but. They're not on YouTube. They're on like random video websites. Yes. Some of the websites like, they come up with in this movie are just completely absurd. Oh, you mean like realfightsforreal.com? <laughs> that old that old thing that flows right and off the all, tongue. Look, you know what they look like? They all look like, if you guys ever remember, man, and for the younger ones, you guys aren't going to remember this. There's a website called E-Bombs World. E-Bombs yeah, yeah. World, yeah, absolutely. It, it, every website in this movie looks like E-Bombs World. It does. Um, by the way, I went to real real fights for real dot com. Yes, it is. It is being held as a play as like a domain placeholder, and all of the searches are are related to this movie. Nice. Wow. All so the they, like similar similar searches, you know, brought up this this. this. It's like never back down. Rights. Yeah, the beat down, all that shit. <laughs> so someone's trying. Someone's yeah. waiting for this this never back down series to cash in. So, anyways. Baja invites him to a party, said, hey, you should come to this party. Uh, and and he asked the dumbest question of all time, like, are you going to be there? And the not-so-gay gay friend then points out, yeah, she just invited, which I like. Like, I'm glad that someone did it because I would have done that if I were there. Yeah, she just invited you to a party that she doesn't plan to be at, right? right. So <laughs> he goes there and go- comes back home, and he's all like, unlike the day before, day two, He's invited to a party on day two, comes back home, smiles in a good mood, and I put, pussy got him in a great mood now. <laughs> That's my note. Then he prints out the directions on MapQuest, which that again... Is, that, felt, that felt like, that felt nostalgic right there. Again, I wanted to go off. Then I remembered in 2012, I remember in 2012, I still had like a separate GPS device for when mm-hmm. I was scouting. Uh, because there were no such thing as like Google Maps or Apple Maps or whatever. And I realized, wow, that is such a recent development. And yet now it is ubiquitous. It is one of the most ubiquitous apps ever, right? The oh, idea absolutely. That, like, like we all use this thing to tell us where to go and it's on our phone, not on a separate device and definitely not printing it out and looking at the, well, <laughs> printing out MapQuest directions used to be such a futile kind of exercise, man. I mean, it was so disappointing. It was disappointing in the pressure, the pressure to pay attention. When you're driving and you look, yes. you're, you're going through notes. It's like and you, you're going long. through notes. And if you had someone navigating for you by reading the notes, you're like, hey, hey, you paying attention? Right? Yeah. Like, like there was, the, yeah, like, there was some real, yeah, they they're like talking. I'm like, yo, when do I turn, motherfucker? Like, 
<laughs> oh man, what a time! Yo, it's crazy because there are like people who are legit adults right now that they didn't live through that, right? And like that was very recent, but yet it's it's a generation away where, you know, if you weren't driving in two thousand and eight, then by two thousand and nineteen, when we're when you listen to this podcast. Like this doesn't mean anything to you, yeah, right? It's, yeah, it's you could have been you could have been twelve in two thousand and eight, and you're twenty three right now. You're driving, well, you get enough- ass like like you, you live in life, right? Right. But you never had to deal with MapQuest in your life. No, remember having a MapQuest just to go get some ass? That's the pressure, <laughs> man. Well, that's the other thing. She gives him a handwritten address as opposed to texting them. And I said, why right. don't you just text him the address? And I realized, yo. Texting was like a, a pain back then because you had it was A B C D like unless you had a sidekick, or a BlackBerry and you know that was that was a luxury for many people. Oh, what was it? The T nine. T nine, man. Yeah, T nine. Where you had to go through, man. Dude, I had a T nine joke that people never got and people still don't get, and I'm gonna see if you guys get it right. D E F T U A B C J K space W X Y M N O to you. I mean, that's fuck you, right? Yes. Yeah. Actually, the longer one I used to go, go fuck yourself. I used to be uh, G <laughs> M N O space D E F. But like, I would do that joke all the time. People were like, what? No, you know, like like T nine, right? Like what? And I'm like, oh, get it. And now nobody knows what the fuck that shit is. No, no, and that, and you would, and it'll never, it'll never matter again, right? Like we're the last, we're the last T nine generation. The T nine texture. The T yeah. nine generation. Yeah, we're the T nine generation. All right, they go to this, they go to this party. It is at a mansion, like you would not believe. Oh my gosh! I I mean, I, 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 I got a, a irritated, but then I was like, yo, that's every high school movie. You can't start doing this now. They all that's do it at true. A yeah. So I let it slide, even though it was a ridiculous mansion. But my favorite thing is when he meets the antagonist. I won't call him the villain because at the end. We'll okay. Sure. But the antagonist, uh, Mr. McCarty, whatever his last person is, it Ryan? Ryan, Ryan, yeah. Ryan, yeah. So Ryan says, like, hey, you know, takes him around, like, throws him a bottle of water because he's not drinking beer like everybody else. And, and they say, hey, you're from Iowa. Uh, Dan Gale, right? Like, and then they start sharing fun facts about the wrestler Dan Gale, who apparently, like, never Gable. lost. Gable. Or yeah. Dan Gable, whatever yeah. his name is. It never lost a, a single set or whatever. I don't know fucking wrestling terms. Match. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Like, oh, and I just said, LMAO at Dan Gable Facts at the house party with naked chicks making out in a hot tub in front of everyone. Right. Now, like, this is happening, and this guy's like, wait, 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 my man's talking about Dan Gable over here. Hold on. He knows. And also, (laughs) it reminds me of the Family Guy episode. Come on, Brian, a change of scenery is always good. Yes, I thoroughly enjoyed my trip to Nebraska. So, um, anybody see any good movies lately? Nah, no, not really, yeah. no. So, read any good books? Nope. Nah. Nope. Uh, anything new with corn? Oh, yeah, corn, corn, corn. Oh, yeah, corn, you bet. Corn, I'm back with corn. Yeah, yeah, corn, corn, corn. They all just start <laughs> electrified, just like, oh, corn, 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 corn. And that was the same thing here. When he says, Dan Gable, my, like, all of a sudden, your boy was all frisky and stuff. Again, oh, he's all about it. At a party. 
full of naked hot chicks making out in the hot tubs. Right. And and Ryan Ryan even like is walking him around and like saying like none of this stuff is for me. Right. He's like he even says it's too American pie. Yes. Like yeah. which is very refer you know very self referential like and then and then he takes him to the fighting ring on the lower lawn. On Lakeside. The real action is Lakeside. Lakeside. And so here's here's the thing that I love dissecting in this movie. And so now we have a montage of different types of fights, right? And so he's explaining, like, the different types of fights we have. And he goes, he goes, you've got girl on girl, and it shows two girls fighting. And he says, black on brown, and he shows was, uh, was, a Mexican <laughs> guy and a, and a black, black guy fighting. And, right? I, and I, I said, eh! Like, I question mark, like... <laughs> And it says, and of course, Battle of the Exes. And there's a guy, there's a girl beating up a guy, right? But here's my question. Is there any conversation between those lines? Because those are three separate fights that had to be completed. And then new new people come in. So is it just like, we got all kinds of fights, like girl on girl. And then they watch the girl on girl. And then the two, then the, the Mexican guy and the black guy come up. He goes, black on brown. And then there's no talking in between. And then the, the guy and the girl go up there and he goes, and Battle of the Exes. And then that goes like, what is the conversation? Because that makes it seem like a very fluid conversation that's happening properly where like all three fights are happening at once, but that's not yeah. the reality of it. There's so only there, one fight at a time. Is just silence? silence? Yeah. And then he just starts talking again. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, black on brown, huh? Like that. We're just going to, that's cool. <laughs> it, is, it is Florida. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, I also when they said battle of the X's and the girl wailing on the dude. I was like, yeah, but if he backhands her one time, man, now all of a sudden this movie took a dark turn. Yeah, yeah, like, it really is. I just, I, I'd rather not that. Like this, two out of the three fights were very uncomfortable for me. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> this scene made me think that the first rule of high school fight club is that you tell everyone about high school yeah. fight club. Right. <laughs> yes. And that's that before you realize there are consequences, right? So uh, Ryan's like finishes the tour of the house. And it ends up kind of like in this little square that's overlooking the pool. And everyone's there and they're gathering. And he basically reveals that the reason why your boy was invited to the party was because everyone saw his video and how good of a fighter he is. And now Ryan wants to, like, assert his alpha male dominance and fight Jake Tyler in front of everybody. Jake Tyler doesn't want to do. He's like, I'm not gonna fight you. This is ridiculous. Why would I fight? Like, you know, he's like, like any other regular person who is confronted with this. And to which Ryan says that we've got to give the people what they want. Yeah. And at that moment, I started to think to myself, when did J? I know Jalen Rose got it from the old, uh, was it OJ's or, or whatever song? The old song, "Got to Give the People, Give right. the People What They Want," right? But I gotta know. Jalen Rose wasn't doing that when he was playing in the NBA. I don't remember oh. any post game interviews where like he scored thirty eight and like Jalen Rose was again like, well, you got to give the people. like if he had been doing that, I'm like, oh, that's Jalen's thing. But now I'm thinking, did Jalen Rose, who at the time was still in the league or barely had just gotten done with his last year in the league, so he wasn't broadcasting yet, did he watch Never Back Down? I mean, say, I mean, Jalen. Jalen Rose's last year in the NBA was 2007. This movie came out a year later when he is trying to figure out what to do with his life post-playing career. I 100% believe he stole this from Never Back Down. Then, like, reverse engineered it. No, I got it from the old uh, right. uh, Detroit 70s uh, music scene. It, no, is, the, it no. is the OJs. You were correct. 
OJ but it was the OJ's this time. Feel good, man. Um, so, so, so he's like, I'm not gonna fight, and then uh, he says, like, if you want to be the best, you've got to take out the best, which is just. Uh, like again, uh, much like a this movie's a bootleg Karate Kid, much like the T-shirt was a bootleg Baller's Life shirt. This is a bootleg way of saying to be the man, you got to beat the man, right? Right. Even exactly. though, even though, and but so I thought meant like, yo, so you're calling this dude the man just because you saw a video of him fighting somebody? But then he finishes it with pointing to himself, like I'm the best, basically. Right. So I'm like, so when Jake says, oh, I don't want to be the best. I don't give a shit, right? And then he says, so Deuce says, then why are you here at this oh. party? And Amber Heard walks in. Baja walks in. Baja walks in. My man, like, he doesn't point at her, but, he, you know, they do the thing where your your eyes betray you and, like, look at her or whatever. And that's when your boy Ryan walks up to, oh, this thing over here? And fucking makes out with her. And she just stands there and takes it. And I wrote in my notes, damn, homie, in high school, you was the man, homie. <laughs> you tongue in down your boot. So now your boy wants to leave. He's like, all right, fuck this. This is messed up. You guys baited me to come here, whatever. And he goes out and uh, and another blatant ripoff of another movie. Uh, Ryan does the Back to the Future equivalent of, what's the matter, chicken? Yeah. And says, old man or whatever. Like he says something about his he dad. He says something dying. about his old man dying, yeah, from a car, from the, from drunk driving. And so Jake turns around and says, nobody oh, calls me chicken. Oh, no, I mean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he asked Jake why he was in the passenger seat and didn't drive. Yeah, like, oh, <laughs> drop the ball. I told him he dropped yeah. the ball, which I thought was a delightful. Like, if you're going to shit talk someone into fighting. Yeah, you really got to go all in on that. Yeah, like, that was delightful. So he snaps. We see these little flashbacks in his brain. of, Or not even flashbacks. By the way, I put in this. Why is this edited with jump cuts, the whole movie? Jump Donald cuts and it, and it's a lot of montages. At uh, one point, how at, many at one montages? Point, I, I, it's it's a minimum of ten montages. How many montages can one movie have? Is is a note in here? And oh, at one point I wrote montage or montage a trois because there was so, there was like four straight. There were there was there one was montage a, that had like five different storylines happening in the. There montage. was a montage of his mom doing laundry. Right. Chores. Like, She's doing chores. Like I, I like I was I thought it was gonna end with her finding something like under his bed or like yo what is this young man and no. then it, and then that's what we pick up. Nope, it was just showing that mom's getting her life on too. Yeah, cleaning up after you, dirty ass bastards. Anyways, so um, now they're fighting. Now they're fighting. Yeah. They're they're circled by all these all these high schoolers who are thirty years who are old. Bloodthirsty, by the way. Blood. blood oh my god, they love oh. nothing more. I'm glad I didn't go to high school in this era. Shit, man. Jesus, like, it would have been. Like, yo, man, I would have been like, yo, I might have to stay at home. <laughs> y'all, y'all out here trying to fuck each other up constantly. So the whole time, Ryan's kind of messing with him, teaching him how to fight, right? Basically saying like, hey, we don't box anymore. This is about MMA. We mix it up. So he's like kicking his leg and, and weakening the leg. And he's, he's just kind of playing around with them. Like just, you know, just batting the ball of yarn with his paw. Yeah. Um, and he, and he's giving him like just these, these lessons and throughout. And he says, now for the bad news, it's got to end with you looking like a bitch in front of everyone. Oh, yeah. Like he, he came with the bitch word real often, real early and real often in his. Yeah. Movie. He says it a lot. He called people bitches left and right. I was like, this but is it also was it also was 2008. Like you could say, like you call anybody a bitch in 2008. 
Well, I just thought there would be consequences and repercussions because he called this boy a bitch. You guys acting like bitch. He's the best fighter. How could there be oh, consequences? But there's seven of them, though, man. Like, someone's got to hit him over the head with a <laughs> In the words of Steven Jackson, you better put a, na- a name and an address on that bitch. <laughs> you can't just send it out to the world. <laughs> So Ryan basically knocks him out with a kick to the face, but Jake gets up. And uh, and Max this are whole time is gonna, filming it. Are you going to play-by-play this fight? Like, I he, think it's, he, 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 kicks he, he kicks his ass, but he keeps getting up. And he, and Max is like, you're insane. You're insane. You know, like he's like what showing fr- how tough what a, what, a, what a friend Max is. Oh, I have that several times here. Jesus Christ. This yeah. Is, I'm getting my ass beat. You're fucking filming it so you can post it on online. <laughs> Uh, this is where I wrote this movie as a two-hour affliction T-shirt. <laughs> that's a that's a good line. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, are we done with the fight? We're done with the fight. He's gotten his ass okay. kicked. It's over now. Max helps helps Jake get home. His brother sees that he's uh, he's been beat up, uh, and then we get the rare recovery montage. Yes. Yeah, so recovery montage with music, and this is where the soundtrack really fucking kicks in because many of these songs are songs I've never heard in my life, really? including one where the lyrics were, some days we're going to rise up on the wind, some days we're going to dance with lions. And I was like, what the fuck does this song mean? <laughs> I mean, seriously. It's, it's a good soundtrack. No, Zach! It's not. <laughs> It's really not. No, let's not. Let's not. Wait, 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 wait. Let's not because there's a point towards the end of the movie where there's a song that is recognizable that comes on, and I just, I just start dying laughing. What? But that's when I got chills. I know the point you're talking about. I got chills at that point. You need to go to the doctor. So check this out. (laughs) Yes, that means you have a fever. Uh, so now mind you, when his his brother finds him, his like ribs are broken. Like he's like ah, he like tries to reach over for something and he can't because his ribs hurt. He's got a cut on his eye and his nose is busted and all this stuff, right? And so uh, Max tells him, "Yo, let's go see Amistad in his gym, right?" So they go to the gym and he says, "Whoa, you got to take the shoes off." He takes his shoes off. Motherfucker ain't wearing no socks. He wearing sneakers. He wearing like some Asics runners or whatever, but no socks in Orlando in the summertime, right? Or at least in when it's sunny and hot outside. Fucking gross. I would have had him keep the shoes on at that point. But then he just runs right in and he's ready to do everything. I'm like, bro, what happened to your broken ribs? Because I've had a fractured rib before. You don't want to do nothing. You don't want to do I've had, nothing. I've had broken ribs. It takes a very long time. Oh, man. You don't want to do shit. This motherfucker out here trying to do some MMA training. No. That's not how that works. Um, so what? While they're t- while Amistad is training them, at some point he's like, just, from Amistad. Yeah, he's just yelling stuff, and then he yells, "Never back down!" And all I could think of was the Family Guy episode where Peter gets excited every time they see the title of the movie in yeah. the movie. Boy, I usually only get this excited when they say the title of a movie in the movie. I'm telling you, these drug dealers represent a clear and present danger to the United States. Yeah, yeah, he said it. He said it. All I'm saying is, what if this is as good as it gets? Yeah, yeah, there it is, there it is. The only way for me to solve this crisis is to be Superman 4, the quest for peace. Oh, that's why they call it that. I don't, I don't, like, take kindly to this sort of thing. I'm a family guy. <laughs> <laughs> so now, all right, so he's training him. Uh, he's, he now gets a spar, Jake gets a spar against a much smaller guy, and he laughs it off. Like, come on, this guy's too small for me. And he gets worked. And that's when he learns 
the 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 fears of uh, of not tapping out, right? Because he does get choked out. I didn't pay attention. You didn't pay attention to that? Oh, I just okay. The training, and then uh, oh, the only note I have on this scene is volume is so low on the dialogue and so high on everything else. Yeah, well, they really got to sell that soundtrack. <laughs> um, after that, Baja. Montage. Oh wait, okay. yeah, no, no, no. There's a montage. I mean, there's a training fighting montage. Yeah, and my, including, and this is the montage or montage of mom doing laundry happens. Oh, that's right. <laughs> so Baja comes over to Jake's apartment. Jake accuses her of setting him up. Um, Which she did. Oh, 100 percent, she did. But I'm not saying I don't understand. She's like, I said I was sorry. Like I got my ass kicked. Yeah. At a party, you. I made it seem like you're gonna suck my dick at this party. Instead, I can showed up <laughs> and got my ass kicked by the dude who made out with you moments before doing it. But this, how but this, is how is she, I'm sorry supposed to clean it up? She tries to tell a story to make it relatable. She's like, I remember. She's like, I was at an old school, and then I transferred here to Orlando, and you know, and then Ryan happened, and life got too easy. I'm like, what? That doesn't. What is that? That doesn't explain anything. You haven't related to me at all. Please get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we find out Jake shows up early to work out at uh, as Jean Roca's uh, gym and finds out that he lives there. Yeah, uh, and that's when Jean tries to teach Ryan or teach Ryan teach uh, Jake how to control his breathing while fighting. Right. And he does it by uh, by showing the it's the three hit combo of the of the heavy bag that's on a on like a line yeah. and then a, and then a kick a sidekick that that's supposed to move it well down the line move about 10 to 12 feet right and jake cannot figure this out of that's when we get another oh no this is when the this is when the big montage happens right oh, okay. after this, this. that's okay. when like his brother's doing tennis yes. ryan is hanging out baja has like an existential crisis jake's yeah. mom is doing chores and, yes. and and jake is training. uh and jake is training right yeah uh, then mom finds out Jake has been fighting. Oh, by, by the way, we forgot. There's a rule that Amistad has at his gym. All the fighting you do happens in Gentleman the gym. You don't, stuff. You, right. you, don't, you don't fight outside. Don't take the fight outside. If you fight outside, you're kicked out. You're expelled from the gym. You're out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and so uh, mom finds out Jake's been fighting. She's admonishes him. She bans him from, from going back to the gym. Uh and then, and then we get another montage. We get a montage of, of Jean waking up at the gym. Uh, I put Jean's homeless ass wakes up at the gym and has a self-training montage of all these different moves with a heavy bag and yes. basic ground training. Yes. <laughs> um, now we get now we get into now we go back to school. We get Jake and Baja in this group project with this third guy. Uh, they get in a fight. Uh, then Baja goes to Ryan. Gets, and, oh, him and him and her. Right. That group project. Yeah, the She's group like, project. So that character's name is Vocabulary Guy. That's. <laughs> nice. And once again, once again, I, all I could think of is a meme going nerds. But like, I'm just thinking about like, yo, are you are you are you an actor? Yeah, yeah, I've been in a couple of movies. When have you been in? Oh, uh, let's see. Uh, I was in the 2008 movie, Never Back Down. Oh, yeah, the MMA fight. Yeah, that's right. Who are you? Um, I put a guy in the classroom. Did you have any speaking ones? Yeah. Oh, what was your character's name? <laughs> what? <laughs> Vocabulary guy. No, no, I mean, I, I get it. That's what the guy he did, but, like, what was his name? Like, in the script. Vocabulary guy. <laughs> um... Well, go ahead and get my car from like valet dude. Um, but no, uh, 
it's I like the fight that she has with him. She's like, she calls him a dick, and he's like, "You set me up." He's like, "Yeah, but I said I was sorry." I'm like, now it's you. Now you're being like, wait, what? This woman makes no sense. Yeah, I mean, she's a high school, she's a high school student. Is she? Well, all right, fair. <laughs> so then she goes over to Ryan and breaks up with him over the fight with Jake. Um, and she tells him the only time you're happy is when you're hurting people. He then grabs her arm. Jake confronts him. Uh, Ryan throws another shot at the dead dad. Yeah. And and this leads to Jake uh, going far too hard at at, uh, Training. at fighting, at fighting yeah. practice, as I wrote. And uh, Jean starts telling him to control his mo- emotions and then kicks him out, says he needs to cool off. And that's when Jake says, at least I have a home. Oh, okay. So that's the line. All right. So yes. So he says, take, take, uh, go, go home. You need to, you need to relax. You need to go you neutral today or whatever. And he says, at least I have a home. And to his credit, Amistad has a has a comeback ready. He says, then go, then, then go to it. Right. I mean, that's, I thought that was a very calm, diffusing way of like, yeah, take your ass home to your mama, bitch. At least I fuck my bitches over here without people knocking. Oh wait, I I gave away a spoiler. All right. <laughs> That's later. That's later. And so now we get another, we get a, well, not really a montage. It's a flashback of the night his dad died. Um, and they're sitting in traffic. He's sitting in traffic with Max and these, this, uh, this Hummer behind him is full bright of yellow. Air, has a bright yellow Hummer has three guys in it. They're honking, honking, honking. So Jake gets out of the car cause he's enraged and he goes and beats the shit out of these three guys while Max gets out and films it. Because what, are, what are friends for? Look, Other man, I get it. Me. I get it. That's me punching that ticket to go fight three guys, right? But if that happens, you got to, at worst, try to defuse the situation. Or and just be a best, lookout. Just be, or, a, yeah, lookout. be a lookout. Right. Or at best, you got to join in and help me. You not, pulling out a camera doesn't do shit yeah. for me. And especially when, like, by the way, it's not like Max is some nerdy AV kid. No, he's, he's trying remember, to be a fighter. We introduce we're introducing him as he's fighting beneath the bleachers by the football field, and he goes to this gym also and trains as well. For someone who's all about the fight game, he seems way more all about the clout. Just gonna right. throw that oh, out there. Bro. Way more about the clout. So he uh, he he goes to he uploads that shit to the internet, and we get a people watching this fight montage. Realfightsforreal.com. Realfightsforreal.com. Again, it is a placeholder in real life. If you if you want to go check it out, Jake uh, goes back to the gym the next day. His hand and his knuckles are all bruised and fucked up. Yeah. Now Amistad is on the other side of the gym, on the floor grappling with another student, teaching him, and sees this dude's knuckles from I'm talking about a mile away. Yeah, I mean it's the other side of the gym. Uh, like and there are people in the middle, like then, yeah. and he's on the floor in the middle of a grapple and instructing someone. Drops the dude, comes over here, says. Take off your gloves. He's like, nah, man. I'm just like, take off your gloves. Pulls out the gloves. The knuckles are all bruised. Evicted. Ejects him from the, like, get the fuck out of my, my gym. Da, da, da. Fought outside the gym. That's a rule. You can't do it. Um, he, he goes. Is this when he goes home? and, and He goes home, and, and we think the br- little brother got in a fight, and the mom blames Jake. And then and says to Jake, so the little brother has a black eye. What happened? I got in a fight. The mom says, see, you're such a bad influence on, you, on your brother. We're always fighting. You want to break things. Don't you think I want to break things sometimes? And then she picks up a plate and throws it against the wall. Chucks it against the wall and, and sees the scared look in Charlie's eyes, the younger brother, and then well, says, no, not, you want to do it? It's not the scared look. It's like, 
that bitch crazy. Like, <laughs> because it just didn't make sense. And it wasn't even, her voice no. wasn't a hysterical level. It was like, no. it was, I'm, I'm going to recreate it right here. Jake, you can't just go on breaking things. You don't think I want to break things? You see what I'm saying? It's like, I'm annoyed with your child, but not yeah, you're, you're perturbed. You're perturbed. Not, not hysterical to the point where you're destroying flatware. <laughs> and then, like, the the kid looks at the ends and like, this bitch crazy. And so then she tries to clean it up with, like, Charlie, would you like to do it? And he's like, you want to throw a plate? So then he throws his plate, which, by the way, had food on it. Right, yeah. Bitch, you just wasted food. And then it turns into this kind of like, ha, 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 we're having fun. We feel better. Don't you feel better? I feel better. Da, da, da. And then she drops the ultimate mom line. But I guess I got to clean this shit up. <laughs> like, yep. I'm like, and then we learn uh, Charlie didn't get in a fight. He got hit with the ball. He got hit he with a tennis ball. He just said that he got in a fight because he thought it sounded cooler. And yeah. then she turns around and guilts Jake anyway. See? Like, he didn't get in yeah. a fight? What are you talking right. about? Right, exactly. That's what I wrote. This kid's not going to make it. Like, how are you in more trouble now than you were before when he when they thought he was in a fight? Uh, so he leaves, gets in the car with Max. Max, at this point, I've written down, this dude stay licking his fingers. Have you noticed how many times this dude's licking his fingers? Yeah, it's a lot. And then, and then like, oh, it says, after pound it, right? Knuck it up or whatever. Uh, they're, they're trying to figure out how to get him back in the gym. They've been stalking the gym. Amistad yeah. keeps closing the door, like, like looking side. away, like just not paying attention to him. And then, so then they figure, okay, we got to wait till he like leaves the gym and goes to like supermarkets. So they take him out, find him at supermarket, goes in there, begs, like, sees him this life story about how nobody gave him a chance and all this shit, da da da. Starts training again. And guess what that means? Montage. Another fucking montage. Montage. Oh my God. That's montage à toi. That's why I wrote how many montages can one movie have, including, by the way, and how many things can one movie rip off? Rocky Three, Racing by the Beach. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we get into that. And that's when we get uh, we get the story of why Jean is, uh, is always at the gym and it's always open. It's because his younger brother, who was a more skilled fighter than him, uh, got shot and killed after a bar fight. Uh, caused well, a that he was between... at, He was at. Yeah, he, he was, was at. He was with his brother. They got in a bar fight, but his brother was the one that got shot. His brother was also his father's favorite. And so when he came home, uh, his father basically disowned him. And so he moved from, by the way, they were Senegalese living in Brazil. Don't ask me why. Is that um, not a thing? I mean, I don't know. It might be. <laughs> I, I don't know. But it just seemed very, like they couldn't find a Brazilian actor. And so, okay, let's make it a Senegalese dude who grew up in Brazil. Well, he was hot from his role in Amistad at the time, right? No, Amistad was like a decade before that. Was man. it? Oh, okay. Amistad was like 99. Like, oh, shit. I don't know why I thought it was like 03, 04, something uh, like that. No, Amistad was, yeah, no, Amistad was a while ago. Okay. Um, so uh, now there's a point where. He, well, the, uh, okay. okay <laughs> but so. the, I just want to include one point. So he, uh, he teaches Jake that it's, that you can always change your position in a fight, right? It's all, you just have to find a way, but you're always able to do that. And then Jake, for some reason, decides to be a good brother. He goes to Charlie's uh, tennis match. Oh, yeah. It was and, so and, weird. And yells from at the crowd. And it is the worst delivered line in the entire movie where he just stands up and yells, Hey, Charlie, I thought you wanted to go to Wimbledon. You got this. There's no emotion to it. Yeah, and the, and the umpire says, Shut the fuck up. Right. <laughs> yeah, plus it's a tennis game and you just don't talk at tennis games at all. No one cheers right. or says anything. So it's very awkward. 
Yeah, and the mom goes, that was subtle or something. And then Charlie starts kicking ass, of course, because that's all he needed, right? Like, just to be reminded. Oh, that's right, Wimbledon. I did want to do that. So then so then Jake stalks Baja, and they apologize, and, and they kiss. And then when, mom... I said, so I said, why would he apologize? And I wrote, power of the P-U-S-S-Y. <laughs> Things you'll do. And then the mom tracks down Jean Roqua. Okay. Oh, boy, here we go. I'll let you take this away, man. Here we go. So she goes there and confronts him, like, do you, are you training my son, Jake Tyler? And he says, yes, he's a very good fighter. And she says very sarcastically, oh, what every mother wants to hear. <laughs> and Amistad fixes it by saying, he's a lot more than just a very good fighter. <laughs> like, it was just so instant and, like, right on his feet. This dude is, is quick with it, right? The idea is like, no, no, you didn't let me finish. He's more than a good fighter. And then... She start then I don't know. Did y'all not feel sexual tension in that moment? Oh, they fucked. Right, like because when she says like, "Oh, just don't let him lose his teeth," because I don't get dental for another six months, and I thought he threw her a rubber and it was like, or dental dam was like, "Here's your dental plan right here, bitch." <laughs> no, <laughs> like, that's a hundred percent not what happened. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> he gave her a mouth guard. Oh well. Oh my god. Laying around? I thought he was getting ready to nail her, man. You thought in the middle of his MMA fighting gym, he had dental dam. (laughs) Hey, man. You don't have to get ready if you stay ready. (laughs) I don't know what that means. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. You You don't have to prepare if you're already prepared. All right. Um, <laughs> you know how many moms come through complaining about him training, training boys to pay his bills, as she put it. They come all the time. They leave. They come angry. They leave though. Yeah, not so angry. They just come like angry the and then they come happy. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's just. Well, I was trying to play off the line that he told her about, like she said, "Oh, you just train angry boys to pay your bills," and he says they 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 come angry, but they usually leave a lot less angry than they were. So I thought he was doing the same thing to the moms, like, "Yo, oh, the moms show up happier. angry, feeling good about yourself." Mm, okay, you know? and then you thought he'd tossed her a dental dam. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Maze, at uh, any point, did you think he tossed her a dental dam? No. <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you know what a dental dam looks like? <laughs> no, I just figured it's like something that, you know, the woman puts in her mouth so that they can have safe oral sex. I don't right? think, I don't yeah. even think that's how you apply it. No? Well, all right, here's what I know about dental dam. It's from the movie, the movie Booty Call. Yes. Where he, he uses saran wrap instead. Saran wrap, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's but I don't I'm, think you're supposed to put it around your head. I kind of think you're supposed to apply it to the area you're about to go to. It's just like a rectangular piece of latex. I got to be honest. I really didn't think we were going to talk about dental dam on this episode. Well, we got to spice it up one way or another. Never back down, Zach. Never back down. Come on. All right. Uh, Now we find out that that, that, uh, Jake gets invited to the beatdown, the big tournament. Uh, but he declines because he decides that's what Ryan wants. You no, know, and also because now he's been killing, kicking it with Baja. Oh yeah, now he's got Baja, Baja an item. Yeah. and so he tells Max, "Yo, I ain't going to that shit." Like, what? It's da 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 da. And he's like, "Nah, man, we're just gonna chill here with the girls." And then he says, "Hey, um, I think Baja's friend been checking you out. Baja's friend, by the way, fine as fuck. 
Yeah. I looked and I said, no chance Baja's friend is fucking with the sidekick. No chance. Zero chance. And he sits down and his opening line of spitting game to her is, so you play Xbox? (laughs) I was like, yo. That, I mean, that might be a very high school thing to say. I'm just saying, I could hear it from all the way over here. The sound of that pussy drying up. (laughs) (laughs) Completely. (laughs) I actually thought Evan Peters improv that for some reason. It's possible. It wouldn't shock me. It wouldn't shock me this entire movie was improv. Um, we go to now. We go to Ryan's house. Back to the mansion. Yeah. No, no. His, oh, yeah. No, not yet, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, not yet. No. Not yet. Yes, because I have this in my notes. First, Jake and Baja go back to Jake's house. Oh, that's right. And then she and they go into the room, and then she finds his gloves and she puts them on. It's like, ooh, they're still sweaty. And then they begin to play fight, right? And so he's like, I like your stance. He's like, Oh, you like my stance, huh? And then he grabs her and takes her down to the ground and pound uh, scenario, right? Right, yeah, yeah. And then he starts talking about, you need to tap out. And when she, she says, what's tap out mean? Which is weird because you've been fucking Ryan for how long? Uh, the I greatest thought, fighter in all of Florida, right? I yeah. Thought, I thought well, you had this conversation before. But anyways, so Jake starts to describe the tap out as when the pain is so intense that they just rather would give up than not do anything. And I said, is he talking about raping her? <laughs> like he's on top of her. Telling her, yeah, that that like the definition of tap out is when the pain is so intense you just give up. It's I'm sorry. It's definitely not. It's well, yeah, no, that's very fair. It's definitely not like sex talk that two teenagers would have eleven years ago, right? Like we're looking at like they're into MMA, but like still though, like even then, like what are you saying? Nowadays, where everyone's eating ass and everything, like, sure, I'm sure teenagers are saying all kinds of wild shit. But 11 years ago, nobody was back, talking like back this. In the, in the pre-ass eating days. <laughs> back before back before it was ever tried. P-A-E. <laughs> <laughs> the year of our Lord. Um, so somehow, I don't even know. This, the, the, they reverse positions, so now she's on top. And she asks him if he wants to tap out. And then she, like, gets closer and closer and then finally, he taps out by tapping her ass. Literally. Yeah. Not like tapping that ass. like No, but like, like literally tapping. Literally tapping her ass with his hand. They start making out. And Charlie barges in the room. Oh, don't knock. I don't say nothing. His ass. Open the door. Says, what are you guys doing? They jump up. And she says, in the time-honored tradition of every child that's ever walked in on their parents having sex, we were just wrestling. And then Charlie reveals that he's holding the phone and mom's on the phone. And so mom definitely heard we were yep. just wrestling. Yep. And, and and now it's the full blown. And so I'm like, oh, what an annoying little brother. And oh, now mom heard or like at least he doesn't know anything. And as she's walking out, this little pervert says, big fun wrestling huh? with this fucking perv look on his face. It was Gross. I was like, oh, Charlie. That's I can't the part that you grossed saying, you out. That's the part that grossed you out. <laughs> no, I'm just like, what's wrong with you, kid? Well, the rape, the rape tap out analogy right. was Yeah, awesome. it was it was a rough scene all around. It's not it's not a great scene. Uh so then we go, now we're at the McCarthy mansion. We're at the McCarthy mansion. Dad is trying to serve kids margaritas. <laughs> uh 
I wrote his dad is the most Florida dad I've ever seen. He does look very Florida. He yeah. looks very, like open button up like like Tommy long Bahama sleeve, shirt. Tommy Bahama long sleeve shirt wearing yeah. shorts. Uh, sleeves are rolled up halfway. Sunglasses on his head. Be, uh, beach blonde hair. Very tanned. Also looks like he's from New York. <laughs> right. Does. Uh, he slaps Ryan. He confronts Ryan and slaps him when Ryan says, like, no, I don't want a margarita or whatever. And then he he delivers the uh, he delivers the line to Ryan that Ryan wants delivered to Jake where he says, hey, if you want to beat the best or if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. No, so that's, that's not it. Gotta- you got to is it's it's clunkier than that. It's not it's it's not that you, you said it too smooth. It's not it's something like if you want to uh, become the best, you have All to right. get, like, it's like not. <laughs> It's a bootleg version of you want to be the man, you got to beat the man, right? Right. Um, now, I put in the notes here two things. One, originally, when he says, hey, kids, want some margaritas? Ryan says, no, thank you, Mr. McCarty. And he says, ah, come on. I tell you, don't call me Mr. McCarty. Like, And then he says, no, thank you, Dad. I'm like, okay. Don't know anybody who calls their father Mr. Your Last Name. No. Never. Step- stepdad, Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, but even then, like... But they look too similar. Yeah, that's true. They do look too similar. So anyways, and then the other thing is, so while they're training and stuff and he's angry, uh, he's talking about, oh, man, can't wait to kick that dude's ass or whatever, because, of course, it's his dad's fault that he wants to... (laughs) That dude's fault that his dad slapped him or whatever. And then there's a girl who later on, I figure out this is the new squeeze for Ryan. But I thought it was just some girl hanging around. She says, I bet he could kick your ass. And right when she says that, right behind her is a black dude who appears in many scenes in this movie but never has a line. And he's always kind of somewhat out of focus. And he has this look on his face and he goes, surrender Cobra, hands on the head, as if to say, man, I, kn- I don't know why I brought this bitch here, man. <laughs> like, like, like Ryan's going to kick his ass for bringing this smart talking girl over here talking shit to him in his mansion as he trains while his dad sl- slaps him, right? Then we go back to the house and they're playing a game that I've never heard. Of. I mean, I've seen that game before where you have the cards. Oh, Indian poker? Yeah. Indian poker. Have you ever heard that term? Yes. That's, that's what you call it? Indian poker? I, it's not what I call it, but that's what do you like, call what, it? Well, you don't I, call it Native I, American poker. What do you call that game? Well, no, the the name I've heard the most for it is Indian poker. But really? I think like uh, like not heads up, but oh, fuck, what's the name? Like, of the game? Bu- isn't bullshit? Isn't it called bullshit? Oh, some people might call it bullshit. Yeah. Well, no, no bullshit. No bullshit's a, a more of a card game where you're putting cards down, right? Blind man's bluff. Blind man's, Blind man's bluff. bluff. There you go. But like Indian poker, and then she keeps saying the she keeps saying Indian poker. Indian poker is a thinking man's game. Indian poker. Indian poker. And I like, just stop saying Indian poker. Yeah. Oh, these alternative names are awful. Indian poker, squaw poker, Oklahoma forehead, or Indian head. Oklahoma forehead. That sounds more racist than any of the other ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So now uh, Max is Max Ryan, is at the gym. Right. Yeah. Ryan. Ryan finds out that Jake bailed on the beatdown. Uh, Ryan lures Max away from the gym to his house. To come uh, hang out. Yeah. To come hang out and train with them. And then he tricks Max into sparring with him and beats the ever loving shit out of him. Like send them to the hospital. Yeah. So well, they they yeah they drop oh, they, they drop, they drop Max drop. off at Jake's place. Uh, yeah. They take him to the hospital. Max has fractured. Well, this is what so I wrote this up. Max has 
fractured ribs, six stitches inside his lip, and a broken nose. That really didn't seem that bad. That bad because, like, the beating that the dude put on him was horrific. He yes. got he straddled on top of him and just pounded him into the floor. Right. Even as all the friends, by the way, all Ryan's friends were horrified. They were right. like, dude, chill. Like, it, it was like he lost his mind, right? He went berserker, right? So uh, Jake leaves the hospital. He's like, yo, I got to go fight. I got to go fight this dude now. And old girl <laughs> said, no, no, don't do this. That's what he wants. And she says, walking away and giving up are not the same thing. To which Jake responds, good, because I'm not doing either. And I said, what the fuck does that mean? It's a great question. Uh, I had the same question. I think it means I'm going to go beat this guy up. I have to confront him, right? But why But why is that good, that walking away? Like, it's, like, I mean, it's like, he should have said it doesn't matter. I'm, going, I'm, I'm not doing I'm either. I'm going to go beat his ass, right? Yeah. yeah like, but he instead he said, good, right? And like, it's like, like, like he's answering, I don't know. Anyways, so now he shows up and now we have another montage. Because he goes to where the fight is, which is at a club, an actual nightclub. Actual nightclub, yeah. And as he walks into the nightclub, or actually as he shows up to the nightclub, Kanye West Stronger starts playing. Yep. And uh, Great soundtrack. Austin. I Maze, literally, Maze, that's a great soundtrack. <sighs> oh, wait, that's not the one I thought you were... No. That's not the one I thought you meant. No. Yeah, no, there's another one after, don't worry. Yeah, there's oh, another oh, one Okay, so, so this, you guys are going to love this, right? <laughs> getting... We're getting to the part where you guys are going to absolutely love this, right? So Kanye West Stronger is this playing. Go in the club. Uh, now, he gets on the mic and says, all right, shut the doors. It's fight night, Like, which is highly illegal. You can lose your liquor license for sure. Right. You're having, like, you know, for children uh, to fight each other in this thing. But also, do you know who the MC is? Uh, no. It's Afion Crockett. You might re- recognize him from... Uh, many sketch shows where he does a Jay-Z impersonation. Yes. You know, I thought I recognized his voice, yeah. I recognized his voice first, and then I'm like, oh, is that him? And every time it would be a close-up of him, he would either look away or they kept cutting. And I'm like, what the fuck is the deal with that? Like, why? what, what y'all got against Avion, right? But it's it's definitely Avion Crockett, right? Uh, because the part where he mistakenly says, round one is uh, McCarthy versus Tyler. And then it turns out he misread the card, and it's really Taylor. He yes, says, my but, bad, my bad. I- this is the part where I got chills. So he says McCarthy versus Tyler. So we're like, holy shit, they're going first round. And they play a remix version of Soldier Boy Crank. Oh, yes. And it is, so, I'm telling you, the, remix, the it's way a, it's it kicks a, it's a hard in, fight. the way Ryan is walking it. Yeah, it's like a Travis Barker Travis remix. Travis Barker like rock remix. All right, the way... Like, it just immediately kicks to that song. The way Ryan's walking in, like, just being a fucking douchebag as he walks, he's strutting and everything. Like, I literally, like, got chills. Like, I think that's the the reason I liked this movie so much is because you get to that part, and I'm fucking in. Like, it's the surprise of those two going off in the first round that I like that song. Fuck you if you don't like this. I like that song. It's a cool remix version. It reminds me of uh, of the scene in Neighbors where they do the big party and you get Get Your Freak On Black Keys remix version. I don't know if you remember that, but it's just a different It's a different version of that song. I generally don't either, but I like those two. So, so he comes in, he comes in, and he's hugging girls and he hugs this black girl and the black girl swoons and I said I'm sorry this dude dancing with no rhythm giving you a hug would not make no black girl swoon sorry (laughs) that's just a little bit of a stretch to my imagination right here 
Yeah, and then and we find out it was supposed to be Taylor, not Tyler. Taylor. So, so, so Taylor comes is, in. Yeah. So now, now this is the part where uh, earlier Zach, you texted Amin, how much more time do you need? Yeah. Oh, this is where you were. This is where I was. I didn't <laughs> see the text, not because I was so engrossed in the movie, but as soon as they went from ta- Tyler to Taylor, I fell asleep because I could not watch it. No. I no, fell asleep. because you know what you missed? I woke up when they're in the parking lot. Ryan so. puts on a fucking show to the point where I put Ryan is the N1 mixtape of MMA. Like, you remember that Chappelle, so, Chappelle show sketch yeah. where it was like, what if N1 had other sports? Like, like bowl, N1 bowling and stuff. N1, N1 bowling, baseball. N1 baseball. Yeah, this is what that was. Like, he is just fucking putting on a show. So here's okay. what happens is, is right. they move up the brackets. Jake breaks his ribs in one of the fights. Um, while he's icing his ribs, Baja shows up. They're back together. Uh, Ryan moves on to the finals, but he gets de- he gets disqualified because right before he wins, for no reason, he gouges this guy's eye out. Okay. Once the ref sees the the eye has been gouged out, he DQs him. Then, I like how there's a ref in this like let's lock the doors nightclub where we're right. going to have right. high school kids fight. Right. And then you missed a great moment where Tyler gets up, he goes to fight uh, in his semifinal. Uh, Jake with goes to fight rib. with a broken rib and there's a guy with a mohawk and when he finds out uh, he asks the ref wait where's where's McCarthy he goes oh DQ'd and so the fight starts and Jake immediately drops the floor taps the floor he's done because all he wanted to do was fight Ryan McCarthy that's how they end up in the parking lot all right okay. great it, moment it, man it seems to me that he could have just fought him and not even gone to this tournament it does seem like that like he, he kind of did a whole lot of registration and check in and yeah, like for no reason. So right. now they're now they're confronted in the parking lot. Uh, they start fighting. the The crowd empties into the parking lot, and throughout their entire fight, there's just a guy in the off to the side. It might have been Chad from Insecure. There's just a guy the whole time yelling overhand right, overhand yes. right. Yes, I heard the coaching. I did not know who the who who was coaching though. I'm pretty sure it's it's Chad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I. I don't know if there's any detail, but I, I have details of the knockout blow. Okay, real quick. Uh, he gets kicked in the ribs again. Jake gets kicked in the ribs, and, and we see the impact via x-ray. Yeah, that was terrible. That was I terrible. I kind of liked it. I kind of liked they it. They did that like four or five times, Zach. Yeah. I liked it every time. <laughs> Shows the impact of it, you know? Fighting. It's dangerous. I think I figured out your tactic. You just lie. <laughs> You just choose some things that you're going to say that you like, and you just I, lie about them. I wrote uh, I wrote there are a lot of backseat drivers in this crowd regarding the fight. Yes, yes. A lot of people just throwing out things that they think they should do. Uh, Ryan gets him in a chokehold. We get a flashback montage of people Jake cares about. It apparently helps him breathe. His whole life flashed before his eyes, Zach. His whole life that we saw in this movie. Yeah, that's true. Whole life. Um, and then... And then we get to the knockout portion. I mean, so, so to flashback when he's in the gym with uh, Amistad and he's trying to teach him that move. He says it's all about breathing. You got to breathe. Kick the bag, right? Yeah. Kick the bag, right? And so here he starts breathing, and then goes right, left, right combo, and then kicks him. And when the way he goes, he breathes, goes so much, he goes right, left, right. I'm like, this is Karate Kid too, where they're all holding that little doll that has the thing with the. Oh yeah. I had one of those. 
and like, and then he remembers, oh, it's like the doll, so I just got to hit him right, left, right, right. So that's exactly he does the Daniel Russo in Karate Kid two when they're in Okinawa or whatever. He goes, he breathes slow motion, right, left, right, kicks him in the face, knocks his ass out. Everyone cheers. Everything is everything's lovely. And then the next day shows up to school, and as he's showing up to school. He sees Ryan getting in or getting out of his car. They lock eyes, and rather than Ryan saying, "I'm gonna fuck you up," you embarrass me for everything. There's like a like a little respect like, nod. They're like, "Yo, yeah. man, you did your thing." And I yeah. I, I, w- I won't lie, I kind of like the idea that you know what, this kid's not so bad. He was just really competitive, even though yeah, he got the some kid eye, just- the eye gouging would have thrown me off if I'd known that. Like, I, <laughs> Because yeah, the last and, thing and I knew there's about no re- there's no reason for it. Either. Like he is dominating this guy. He just yeah. decides to gouge his eye out. The last thing I knew about him was that okay, he got slapped by his dad, and then he has a temper tantrum, and then he beats up Max as a result, yeah. and now he's in this fight, and then and so I was like, oh yeah, it makes sense. Like we're not all bad. We're like you know just right. dealing with our own shit at home. And now yeah, I know the eye gouges dude. No fuck this dude, man. There's no mutual respect, asshole. I'll kick your ass again. Not to, <laughs> not to mention you used to abuse my my girlfriend. Like if, if Baja's yeah. your girl. This dude yeah. used to was hit man, Leonard, man. What you doing? That's and all that's, fair. And, and then, then and then oh, uh, your boy Amistad goes back to Brazil. Gentleman from Amistad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he goes back to Brazil to go see his family for the first time in seven years. And movie. Um, a couple of things, a couple of little news and notes, trivia from the. Uh, so the actor Cam Gigandet or what? What's it? What is it? Gigandet? Not Paul Walker. Not, Not Paul, Paul Walker. Squinty. Uh, his name or his name is misspelled on the iTunes, uh, on the iTunes synopsis. I noticed that, and then also he has a real black belt in Krav Maga, in real life. Yeah, I like. I figured the same thing. I thought about Amistad. Is like, yo, like, if you learn this just for this movie, man, that's pretty impressive. There has to be some sort of background in in some martial arts for some of these guys because they're very fluid and it didn't seem like there was uh any um. Uh, uh, stunt doubles or anything like that. Uh, there wasn't because Sean Ferris, Jake Tyler, uh, broke his L3 spinous transverse process when uh, the gentleman from Amistad body slammed him in this movie. Imagine breaking like something that, like your back, basically. Yeah. For such a terrible movie. <laughs> God. Uh, the guy who wrote the movie, Chris Howdy, was inspired to write the script after his then teenage son showed him YouTube videos of fights taking place at his high school. That makes Personal. so much sense. <laughs> also, I thought you were gonna say it was inspired to make the movie after you saw Karate Kid. <laughs> also that. And, and Back to the Future and Rocky Three. Right. Um, all right. And so, Karate Kid Two. Unfortunately for our fans who uh, who have been listening this whole time throughout every episode, there is no Tony Medley review of Never Back Down. But what I did get was I picked two movies that I figure we'll never have on this show. Oh, nice. Uh, reviews from 2008, from the same year. A review for Step Brothers and a review for Swing Boat. Swing Boat was the one, who, it's the last movie that Greg Cody saw in a movie theater. Right. That's yeah, the one Costner. where it's like, yeah, Costner, and for some reason, uh, there was a mistake, and now the whole election comes down to one dude's vote. That's the one vote, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that so- was the last movie that Greg Cody saw in a movie theater, which angers me so much. <laughs> That so, he saw that trailer and said, I think I will pay $10. I will go see that. So, uh, Step Brothers got 0 out of 10 from Tony Medley. 
Jesus Christ. And, and he wrote, and he wrote, perhaps the most damning part of the story is that both Farrell and Riley have story by credits. If that's not enough to keep you from this film, the producer is Judd Apatow. These guys are on the Hollywood establishment lunatic left. So not surprisingly, they opened the film with one of President Bush's mangled quotes. It has nothing to do with the movie, but hey, they want to appeal to critics, most of whom hate President Bush. Predictably, at my screening, which was all media, the quote got the biggest laugh of the film. Totally bereft of humor of humor and insult to the intelligence of anyone over the age of reason. Reprehensibly crude. This is worse than stupid. It uses vulgar language to try to make jokes based on mostly or based mostly on excrement and genitalia, subjects which abound in Apatow feral films. So what I took from this was He's going to these media screenings. Exactly. Yeah. That was that I'm was very, the same thing impressed. that I picked out. Yes. I'm very yeah. impressed. Like, Tony then, Medley's getting press yeah. press credentials. And yeah. then this is this is how he opens the review to Swing Boat, which by the way got a three out of ten. I was waiting for an eight. <laughs> Casting can make or break a movie. How would you have liked to have seen Richard Pryor in the lead as Bart in Blazing Saddles, 1974, instead of Cleavon Little? In parentheses, who? Wishful thinking, say you? Not so. Wait, 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 wait. Are you telling me that he's like fucking Blazing Saddles sucked? It would have been so much better, Richard Pryor. Hold on, hold on. Not so. Richie, he calls Richard Pryor Richie. Richie was a writer on the film and auditioned for the lead. Mel Brooks, who produced and directed, didn't have the courage or judgment to hire the then-unknown prior, so the film, with ineffective little, was relegated to a relatively unmemorable film. What? Both with prior as Bart, it could have been one of the greatest comedies ever made. Blazing Saddles is one of the greatest comedies ever made. What are you talking about? It like, is movie, critically movie's... acclaimed. It is renowned as, like, one of the greatest. I just watched it the other day again. Like, it, 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 it holds up. It's hilarious. Yeah. And by the way... There's a part of me that says I'm glad that Pryor didn't get the role because Cleveland Little plays it so perfectly. Like, yeah, Pryor's he's so animated. He's yeah, you so gotta be good. To, he's so cool. Like Cleveland Little's so cool, man. Yeah. So he says, and that explains one of the main reasons why Swingboat is such a failure. It's not funny, basically, because Kevin Costner, who plays the lead, Bud Johnson, is not blessed with comedic talent. It is actually. Ooh actually painful to watch Costner work so hard to try to be funny. This was a role that would have been made to order for a younger Ryan O'Neal. O'Neal was an exceptionally talented light comedian in the mold of Cary Grant. His work in films like Paper Moon, 1973, What's Up Doc, 1972, and the main event, 1979, still resonates. Alas, Costner is no O'Neal, and it shows. Absent O'Neal, had I been casting the film, I would have given my right arm for Hugh Grant, who could have made this at least enjoyable. Uh, despite its cop-out with one of the most cowardly endings in Hollywood history, causing me to leave the theater thinking that I had completely wasted my time. Not to worry, one of the pluses of being a critic is that I do get to write this scathing review, so not all was lost. The representation... Hold on, hold on. The representation is that the film has no political POV. Says production designer Steve Sacklund, we wanted it clear that we were taking no particular side in telling of the story, yet the people cast from the real world playing themselves represent a substantial left-wing bias. Uh, Ryan O'Neill is the father of Tatum O'Neill. Yeah. Really? Yes. Holy shit. They were in Paper Moon together. Uh, does Tony Medley have all of his takes in a sous vide from 1970? <laughs> in in 2009, O'Neill famously... <laughs> listen to this. In 2009, O'Neill famously hit on Tatum at Fawcett's funeral, not recognizing her as his daughter. No. 
no. This is according to Wikipedia. I'm going to click on the, the reference link that they have. It's 45. Huffington Post. Ryan O'Neill, I hit Left on my daughter. Definitely Right here. Ryan O'Neill, I hit on my daughter at Farrah's funeral. Vanity Fair has split September covers. Michael Jackson and Farrah Fawcett. Come on, what are you doing, Vanity Fair? And the explosive Fawcett article by Leslie Bennett offers a remarkable on-the-record example of the father-daughter dynamic between Farrah's on-off lover, Ryan O'Neill, and his daughter, Tatum, who he calls a bitch, <laughs> as well as insight into his relationship with Farrah. O'Neill spoke to Bennett and characterized himself as, quote, a hopeless father. He offered the below example from Farrah's funeral as a reason why. I had just put the casket in the hearse, and I was watching it drive away when a beautiful blonde woman comes up and embraces me. I said to her, you have a drink on you? You have a car? She said, Daddy, it's me, Tatum. I was just trying to be funny with a strange Swedish woman, and it's my daughter. It's so sick. That's our relationship in a nutshell, Tatum said when I asked her about it. You make of it what you will. She sighed. It's been a few years since we'd seen each other. And he was always a ladies' man, a bon vivant. So, uh, Fober yeah. File. Oh, okay, hold on. It's <laughs> We have to do the soundtrack. I know we've gotten way off track. Tony Medley, thank you so much for joining us on the Tony Medley podcast. So, all right. So, you, so Amin's called out Stronger. Zach, you called out the Crank That. Soldier oh, Boy God, remix what a with Travis great, Barker. Great moment. I think they blew the entire budget for the soundtrack on those two songs. The only problem is, is that they had to pump music into every orifice of this movie over every yeah. single montage. They needed to play a song. So we've got some somewhat recognizable tracks from The Bravery, My Chemical Romance, TV on the radio, and Rise Rock Against. Rockstar's in it? Rockstar's in it. Chame- Rockstar, Millionaire, and Little Wayne. But then we have Be Safe by The Cribs, Headstrong by Trapped with a T, Orange Marmalade by Melodrone, You Are Mine by Mute Math, The Slam by Toby Mac, One Word, Lights Out by Breaking Benjamin, Face the Pain, Stem, To Be Loved, Papa Roach, and finally, False Pretense by The Red Jumpsuit Apparatus. I really hate when I'm watching a movie and the music starts and then the closed captioning tells me what the name of the song is. If it's a song I've never like orange marmalade doesn't get to sh- a shout out on, on closed captioning. <laughs> like you don't know that's, that's not, that's not right. <laughs> if I can, if I can have a rebuttal, I'm telling you when he, when he says McCarthy versus Tyler and all of a sudden you hear, Whoa, you know, that like just intro to, to crank that. Chills, man. I'm telling you, fucking chills. Like I said, go to the doctor. It is a great moment in cinema history. But there's the egregious soundtrack. It's one of the best uses of music I've ever heard in a movie. And then there's the the way that they use it, which is just to kind of just blast it. Like, they, it's it's not, there's no score it's to this It's literally movie. called Crank That. No, I'm not talking you about Crank That. It. I'm talking about, like, the first 45 minutes to an hour of this movie where yeah. they just, they turn up this music to, like, 12 and there's, it's, it's not integrated into the film at all. It doesn't fit. They just play the song. It's, it's so clumsy. You know what it feels like? It feels like Steph Curry going zero points in the first half against the Rockets in game six and then dropping 33 in the second half. That's what it feels like to me. Yo, can we just, yo, I'm phobe. I, I phobe the What? It's so bad. Phobe? So bad. And admitted, admittedly, it, it, it's suffering from now three straight weeks of awful movies. 
that now I'm, I'm really soured, but uh, yes, it was terrible. It, it had a more cohesive plot than many of the other movies that we re reviewed, but at the same time, we have to remember, that's because they stole the plot from another movie. <laughs> because they, they just copied other movies. Uh, Maze, you going, you going phobe or file? I'm going to go phobe. This is ridiculous. This is a file. I'll watch it again. I'll watch it right now. I got it for like another 24 hours. You paid for it, Zach. I did. I paid for it all. No, I mean, no. I mean, you got to no, watch no, it no, this no. one more time. No, no. We all paid for it. <laughs> and I don't mean money. We Like, this is, like, again, I started by this pod by saying it was Chernobyl. It is Chernobyl. By the way, one last thing I want to point out. On my notes uh, app here, I, you know how the, note, the title of the note is always the first line that you write? Yeah. And so now I'm reading through and I'm seeing like basically what I've called each one of these movies. So this movie was called Wow This Soundtrack. Jupiter Ascending was called Not My Telescope. No Wing was called No Chance Any School Went to Those Lengths for a Time Capsule. Land of the Lost had Land of the Lost on it. Is Nicholas the way you spell it? <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, next. And, that then, is, uh... and, then, and then finally, it's animated. <laughs> Uh, that has been this episode of Cinephobe. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing to our Patreon. Uh, be sure to tell your friends about all that stuff. If you want to drop movie suggestions into the Discord, there's a Cinephobe channel. Amin has the pick next week. Hopefully, he can bring himself out of this rut. Mr. Magoo. Uh, Never back down. Come on. Never back down. Never back down. <laughs> <laughs>